It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back. Starting 502 Podcast, Nick Connor, Presley Meyer, joining you from sunny Ohio. One Cleveland, one Cincinnati. Tonight, we are just uh, two happy, happy guys. Uh, after Louisville finally notched a victory. I know we had one over Clemson a couple of weeks ago, but notched a meaningful victory uh, over Georgia Tech. And sometimes impressive, other times absolutely maddening fashion. Louisville wins 84-74. to 74. Nick, the thing that stood out to me the most, uh, and I pointed this out on Twitter tonight, the thing that stood out to me the most was that Louisville only played seven guys. This is something that you were harping on uh, essentially all season. you got to find some sort of consistency on this roster and you got to allow these guys to play through their mistakes and look some guys just aren't going to see minutes at, at this point you just have to do whatever it takes to win uh, and, and Louisville uh, at the cost of, of some some of their guys who have actually started games and played very significant minutes on this team only played seven guys tonight Noah Locke Malik Williams Mason Faulkner Jared West and Sidney Curry were your starters L. Ellis and Samuel Williamson, a guy who has not played in multiple games this season, were the two guys off the bench. So those are your seven. Dre Davis is is your guy, is kind of like the odd man out. A few other guys off the bench. Obviously, Jalen Withers injured, which played a major factor tonight. But ultimately, Louisville, an impressive victory over Georgia Tech, a Georgia Tech team with some really impressive guard play. Nick, what is your overall takeaway outside of just that obvious little just just shortening up the roster i mean just a completely different team like for 30 minutes of this ball game tonight just a completely different team effort wise commitment to defend which we saw at times this year i mean obviously you want to make the connection to the you know the baja bullies in the bahamas that's what it looked like right a commitment to defend a commitment to get on the glass and a commitment to run offense to get quality looks you saw a lot of paint touches early a lot of Sid Curry involved, and while Sid didn't have 20 tonight, a lot of the offense worked through him. And as you talked about, when you play seven guys, and we talked about even playing eight or nine would, would have sufficed most of the year, guys like Noah Locke and Jared West, who are rhythm shooters, who are streaky shooters, who, again, both are career 40% from the three-point line, do what they did tonight. Noah Locke, four of 12 from the three-point line, 16 points. 
Jared West, four of six, including a couple really big down the stretch and 20 points. You get guys in rhythm. Again, they're in the flow of the game. They're not going in and out like hockey substitution, line changes. I mean, it just opens up so many possibilities. And again, a guy like Dre Davis does so much for you on both ends of the ball or both ends of the court. But tonight it was about the guys who played the minutes, digging in, playing through, as you said, their mistakes, playing through as Georgia Tech switched back and forth between multiple zone looks, went man there late, came back to the zone, just just played through the mistakes, right? Uh, turnovers really weren't a big deal for the cards until they obviously blew their 27-point lead, and obviously that's a discussion that needs to be had too. But just overall, the energy, the willingness to run the stuff, and clearly the scouting report was good, and they stuck to it for the majority of the basketball game. Obviously, the major storyline of the, of the game is that after Georgia Tech hops out to a 9-3 lead in the first segment, the second segment, Louisville outscores Georgia Tech 17-4 and then essentially didn't look back uh, for the next 20 minutes of the game, took a 17-point halftime lead, uh, and then after halftime increased the lead to 27. It wasn't until about 13, 12 minutes left in, in the game uh, where Louisville essentially had like a 20-minute stretch of game time where they didn't turn the ball over. And then all of a sudden they had three straight possessions. And I think that was kind of the key that turned it around three straight possessions where they had a turnover and it turned into two threes and an, and one. And that really got the Georgia tech guards going and they were able to get downhill and create quite a bit as, as the game progressed, Mason Faulkner obviously was in foul trouble, ended up fouling out with about three minutes left in the game, you know, a, a big turning point there, but you kind of pointed out what you saw a little bit, Nick there, but, Elaborate a little bit on exactly what it was that allowed Louisville to go on the, on that major run. It, obviously, the, the scouting port report was solid, but but what were you seeing out there? Again, Georgia Tech is a decent defensive team, but they are a team that can be broken down late in the shot clock, and that's what you saw Louisville do in the first half. Again, they play good early defense, which a lot of teams do in Division One, but it's about defending for the entirety of the shot clock. And what Louisville found out tonight is enough rotations of the ball, enough passes of the ball get you to the right spot and again what did we see early we saw guys shooting in the right spot we've talked again at nauseum about a guy like noah lock when noah lock gets the ball in a catch and shoot situation fading away with a guy with the hand in his face that's what he likes that's what that's an in rhythm shot for him now he's developed that off the bounce as we've talked about and seen the last few games and he showed a little bit of it tonight but he's a guy jared west is a guy when you work the ball inside out, and again, both of those guys are undersized shooters, and I think that's a factor here too. You've got to work inside out in order to get them good, clean looks, and that's part of it. But again, rotating the ball, working through the entire shot clock, not jacking up early threes, that's what lost it for them there late on that big, huge Georgia Tech run. Patient offense, that's really what it came down to. Louisville seemed like they knew what they wanted to do. They wanted to get the ball into Sidney Curry and Malik Williams, who again, looked great together down low tonight. I think that's we definitely got it. We got to point that out. They look fantastic together for the majority of the game. Malik Williams was back to three time co-captain Malik Williams, and that was great to see tonight. Spacing was good. Willingness to get the ball to the right guy in the right spot was good. And again, how many times did you see a guy drive and break down a defender? Help side came over. And instead of taking a challenge look like we have all year and not converting at, at the rim, getting it back outside. And that's what led to Noah Lock getting in rhythm. That's what led to. Jared West getting in rhythm. And then once you start seeing those shots go in, this team has been capable all year. And I, I know the broadcast talked about that a lot. The ESPN broadcast talked about a lot about that tonight, about, you know, this team is talented. And Josh Pastner said 
you know, I don't know what Louisville team we're going to get. And obviously I'm sure you didn't expect the team that, that played tonight, but this team's capable and you have guys who statistically have shot the ball well in their career and just haven't done it at, you know, for long periods or long stretches this year. But it's just like anything else. When you start seeing some shots go in, you start getting encouraged. I mean, look at the way Jared West stepped into multiple deep shots tonight. That tells you all you need to know. He, he, he wasn't fading away. He wasn't tentative. He confidently took 24, 25 foot jumpers. And, and that's all from patient offense, trusting the system, and then knowing, okay, if I need to be the guy this possession, that's fine. And you saw Jared West and Noah Locke both do that tonight. They said, you know what? We're both grad transfers. We're both seniors. We're not, this is not the way it's going to end for us. And if we're going to go down, we're going to go down with an absolute fight. Yeah. And I think that you pointed out a major key to this game was just that, well, number one, Georgia tech does not really have the guys down low. And I think that's been an underrated storyline for that team all season. They're, they're obviously one of the better teams at, at the guard position in the league, especially with their starters down low. Louisville obviously figured out ways to take advantage of that. Malik Williams with 14 and 10. I believe that's his 11th double-double of his career. Uh, you had Sidney Curry with 12 points and six rebounds as well. And Sidney Curry, uh, an underrated passing night tonight. Did want to note that Sidney Curry was the only player with a, ne- with a negative plus-minus. Mm. Uh, and it kind of stopped the bleeding a little bit, which I, I was kind of frustrated that Pegues decided to take out Curry instead of Williams. I don't know if it won the game for a little, but it definitely stopped the bleeding a little bit. Do you feel like he was trying to give Sid a blow for tomorrow night? Like, honestly, I thought that's what he was doing live, like trying yeah, to get Sid some minutes for tomorrow night. Could have been. He could have been. I, I don't think, you know, when I look at Sidney Curry, like he's he's probably the least worried the person I'm least worried about as far as conditioning on this team, which you never would have thought that maybe in like June or July of, of, sure. of last year. Uh, but I mean, he's, he's a guy that I feel like he could, he could be out there playing the minutes that Malik Williams is playing that you need Malik Williams for defense. And I think that's why Curry ultimately came out of the game tonight, but I think that's a great point. I think what you have to look at, and if you're Virginia looking at the tape tonight, the way that Georgia tech came back was they just, just denied, 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 getting the ball into the lane and that really stymied Louisville's offense. And I think that's kind of what turned the game around. Those three turnovers all came off of Louisville kind of getting frustrated because they couldn't, couldn't get the ball in the lane. And then they were either, you know, taking long shots and that, or, or like I said, in that, in that kind of stretch there with about 12, 11 minutes left in the game, they were, they were essentially trying to get the ball in the lane and, and turning it over, trying to go over the top and, and turning it over and, Against a team like Georgia Tech that has elite guards, like you're you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to recover from that. They're gonna get either an open look or they're gonna get to the basket or get fouled. That's something that they have to clean up. Obviously, the one good thing that you don't have to worry about against Virginia necessarily as we kind of transition into Louisville's next opponent, uh, which is gonna be Wednesday night, uh, probably like nine forty-five or ten. I don't know what Ooh, we're gonna do. I mean, like if we're gonna be all in, if we're gonna be midnight pod, in, baby. Yeah, we're, we're going to be trying for this five five nights, five pods type of thing. Like, you mean you're going to be slap happy by Thursday night. But no, I mean, Louisville is in that that late night side of the bracket, and that'll, that'll be an interesting thing to, to pay attention to, really praying for no overtime in the game before. Uh, but no, when, you're, when you were looking just at what Virginia brings to the table, uh, obviously they're going to want to muck it up a little bit more than Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's going to let you play a little bit more freely. I think if you're, if you're Tony Bennett in Virginia, a team, as you and I were talking about right before we got on here, they're going to have to win probably two or three games to even have a shot of getting into the tournament. You know, is this a team where 
I don't think this is a team where you're just going to be able to just take their will to win away. You know, like it's not going to be like how Georgia tech was for the first 25 minutes tonight. Like you kind of punch them, punch them in the face or whatever the, the saying is you they, they kind of, you know, don't absorb the blow. They kind of, you know, have to take a step back and reevaluate a little bit. Virginia is not going to be like that. They're going to roll the punches. It's going to be interesting to see how Louisville kind of tries to pick apart that defense. Was there anything that you saw, you know, Louisville obviously just played Virginia on Saturday. Was there anything that you saw that was super encouraging on either side of the ball that you think that they can kind of bring into this game tomorrow night? I mean, I think you, I mean, you saw Seth Curry get 24, you know, 24 and in uh, 14. So that's encouraging, obviously. I'm really interested to see what Tony Bennett does defensively against Sidney Curry. Again, like you said, coming off of what, four days since we played them last. Like, I, I, I honestly expect the scout to be a lot differently on the Virginia side. So I'm interested to see if that's an immediate double in the post. That is something he historically likes to do against a very good big. So X's and O's wise, I'm interested in that. But I think I'm interested to see, does the scout change on a guy like Noah Locke or Jared West, even after tonight? Um, Obviously you have all that film. You have the experience of playing Louisville twice to rely on, but I mean, those two guys both, you know, clearly shot the ball much better tonight. And I, I know it's, Sometimes uh, it's kind of a funny topic, but like some gyms are shooters gyms and some aren't. And I know there was some discussion on the broadcast about how Louisville actually hadn't been in the building uh, yesterday to practice. Like they did, they didn't, they weren't in the building till walk through today. Um, and, and for some shooters, they don't like that. They want to get up as many shots in the different sight lines and stuff. But I mean, our shooters shot well tonight. And sometimes it's as simple as mindset wise carrying that over. I mean, I think of like the Notre Dame team a few years ago that went on a, you know, one five and five nights. And it was like they just shot lights out for five nights straight. So I, I'm interested to see what Tony Bennett does there defensively. But I think you still got to work inside out. I mean, obviously, if, if, if Sid has 20 again, I think you have a chance to win this basketball game. But I'm interested to see what, what Virginia does, how Louisville adjusts. And it does Louisville employ a similar tactic as they did tonight, where they simply try to get the ball to the shooters in the right spot. Obviously, that would make sense um, against regardless, you know, against whatever team you're playing. But again, how Virginia hedges um, pick and rolls, how Virginia stays attached to the ball um, off the ball um, defensively. All of those things are, are tough, right? That regardless of the talent on this team for Tony Bennett, this is his probably least talented Virginia team. Um, if not second least talented Virginia team he's ever had since he's been there. But again, they still defend the basketball pretty well and still play well as a unit. Obviously Kia Clark picked Louisville apart a few days ago as well. Armand Franklin got going as well as uh, Shedrick. So again, I, I'm just interested to see if it's the, if the energy is the same as tonight. I think if Louisville comes out um, in the way that they did in that, as you said, second um, second segment there after the first TV timeout tonight, then then Louisville has a real fighting chance. I know Ken Palm has it at 65-60, which would be closer than either of the first two regular season appearances. But I don't know. I think it's Louisville energy, Louisville willingness to defend, and if those things happen and they're they're willing to be patient on offense and then they have a fighter's chance and hope to knock down some threes like you did tonight. I don't think Louisville's going to hit 11 threes again. I don't, but you know, you, you hope to shoot the ball well and get Sid, Sid the ball any chance you get and just fight and scrap and claw like they did tonight. Really what it was encouraging to me tonight is to see again, Williams and Curry starting together uh, and both only racked up three fouls. So that was another reason why Louisville was ultimately able to only play seven guys tonight was just because, you know, there wasn't a lot of foul trouble up front and they were allowed to kind of play off of each other and not necessarily have to worry about any sort of issues with, you know, taking some contact or, or being the aggressor on both ends of the floor. So I thought that was 
really unique tonight. Uh, and, and listen, Virginia is going to bring a completely different challenge uh, on, on Wednesday night. And I am fascinated to see how they kind of counter uh, what they saw from Louisville on Saturday. Um, what is really going to be the the story of this game, as has been over the last two months probably for Louisville, is how are they going to withstand a run from Virginia? And and granted, in, in this game, it's, it might not be a 17-0 run or something like that. It might be like a you know 9-0 run or something. But you saw you know Louisville hopped out to an 8-0 lead and then only scored what six points in like the next 10 minutes or something like that against Virginia last time. Uh, so so. You know, how, how is that going to turn out against this team or or any opponent going forward? It's just how is, is Louisville going to be able to take a punch and keep moving forward? And tonight you saw that Jared West was ultimately able to knock down a few clutch shots. They had a few really solid defensive possessions. It seemed like Mike McGee's took timely timeouts. It seemed like they didn't play to to, you know, run the clock out. They played to win at the end of the game. And that was kind of different than what we've seen a lot you saw you've seen a lot of Louisville tripping over their own feet and that and that sort of thing in previous games uh, so that'll be something that's interesting to watch as well uh, I, I think that at the very least it'll be a close exciting game I, I don't think this will be a game where you see Louisville you know throwing in the towel or anything like that ultimately it's just going to be about if they can su- sustain a, a run from Virginia because you know ever I feel like every Louisville fan knows that it's coming so how are they going to be able to withstand that run? Nick, any final comments before we get out of here? Yeah, I think a guy like Dre Davis is what I'm looking for tomorrow night. I'd be really shocked if we don't see extended minutes for Dre Davis, especially in his effective minutes on Saturday in the previous matchup. That's what I'm looking for schematically. Does Pagis change a few things there? But like you said, hustle, energy, effort, willingness to defend, willingness to rebound. If that's there and they hit some timely shots and they'll be there when it counts. And who knows? It's March, baby. Mark it on, on your calendar right now. Let's just plan on being here. Same time, same place. The next Midnight four tomorrow, nights. Though. Yeah, I was about to say, tomorrow is going to be a little bit different. Um, but until then, uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, let's, keep this, let's keep this ball rolling. Let's have some fun for once. How about that? Yeah, we're not dead yet. Only... That's right. We're not dead yet. Well, it, I mean, we might be dead, but it's, it's really hard to kill somebody who's, who's already dead. And I it's hard to beat a team three times in a row, baby. That's right. That's you have that going for you. But Virginia, Virginia has been pretty good at that over in the past. But besides that, besides all of that, um, we're we're still going to have some fun. Uh, we're still going to be able to poke fun at ourselves, and it's still going to be a great time. Until next time, starting five with two podcasts. Go cards. Go cards. <laughs>